Hey everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to episode 4 of Chris is on Infinite Earths here at the Chris and Reggie channel. You can find this program every other Wednesday at chrisandreggie.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. You know where to find us. Uh, now, from uh, the title of this episode, you might be thinking, another issue of Boaha Justice League? Well... Yeah, it's another issue of Boaha Justice League. Uh, don't worry, though, we're not pigeonholing into uh, a Justice League-only program. It's a, This is a very important book to uh, the journey of uh, the blog, of the site. Um, it is the first time that I took part in something called Superblog Team-Up. So now, what is Superblog Team-Up? Well, just so happens that I've got a Charlton Hero, uh, Chris Bailey, one of the... Uh, Minds behind Superblog Team Up. He's going to be joining us later on this episode to tell us the history and uh, give us a you know a full uh, breakdown on what Superblog Team Up was, is, and will be in the future. Uh, for the quick and dirty, it's kind of just a collaboration between uh, independent bloggers who will do a uh, their own post, but it'll be uh, thematically uh, it'll match. Everybody'll be doing the same sort of theme. Um, if you think back to, you know, Web 1.0, the old uh, web rings, you know, if you visited an X-Men site and on the bottom you'd have that little box that said, you know, you're in an X-Men web ring, go to the next one, go to a random one, similar to that, but, uh, you know, in blog form. So you would uh, go to, say, my blog, and then you'd go, you'd see all the links on the bottom, and then you'd just go from there. It's a, it's a nice, uh, you know, daisy chain of, of blogs. And uh, I was invited to take part pretty early in my blogging career, if you can call it that. And it was uh, kind of by accident. Um, you see, it was probably two or three months that I was blogging before I ever thought to uh, post anything on uh, social media. I, uh, social media has <laughs> scared me uh, since day one, and I didn't want to be... Uh, I didn't want people to see my name and see something that I was sharing and just be like, oh, this guy again, you know? I didn't want to be just a shill machine, you know? And I, and I didn't know anybody on, you know, say Twitter or anything. I didn't know anybody there, so it wasn't like I was just going to be breaking into conversations. It would just be me posting my daily writings and uh, hopefully getting a little engagement and a discussion that way. But uh, I really didn't do a whole lot more. Um... I know, uh, you know, some people do come onto Twitter or whatever, and they are, uh, you know that they're there. Uh, they uh, respond a lot, they interact a lot, and uh, I, I just never was that guy. I always thought that anything I would have to say would just be a burden, kind of annoying. You know, it's like, oh, this guy again? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to be that guy again. Um I had followed a fella by the name of uh, Michael Carlisle. He's Son of Cthulhu. He's got a great blog called The uh, Crap Box of Son of Cthulhu. Uh, there's going to be a lot of blogs linked <laughs> in the show notes, and his is definitely going to be toward the top. Um, I had followed him, and uh, he had uh, he has like an auto like an auto follow DM in Twitter where he'll introduce himself, he'll give you a link to the site, and. I didn't realize that Twitter had those, so I thought he was talking directly to me. <laughs> so I replied, and I was talking to him for a bit, and then we, we got a, a good friendship going. And uh, a few weeks later, he uh, asked if I'd be interested in Superblog Team Up, and he'd put my name forward as a uh, candidate. 
and he did. And uh, the fellow who we're going to talk to a little bit later on, Chris Bailey, he took a look at my work and uh, decided he wanted to have me aboard. And uh, so I was invited. And the subject that we discussed was, uh, it was called uh, Super Blog Team Up Versus. And it was, you know, famous fights, basically, uh, in, in comics history. And I, you know, racked my brain thinking about what to do because... If you ask me to uh, solve a simple math question, I'm going to fill up a blackboard. I, I make things way too uh, complicated, uh, more complicated than you know than is is right. And uh, what I came up with was the boxing match between Guy Gardner and Blue Beetle that happened in Justice League America number 52 back in 1991. Um, a little bit more about me being part of a super blog team up here. I <laughs> I was introduced to the to the crew. It's a, it's a bunch of uh, wonderfully talented bloggers, content creators, podcasters, and uh, I was still brand new. I mean, this is going like May May 2016 was the was the the date of uh, of the of the post, and I had only started the last day of January of that year. So I'd only been going a few months at this point, and. A lot of these other folks have, you know, had storied vlogs, you know, years and years worth of posts. So I felt kind of like an odd man out. And, uh, man, I'd, I'd like to talk to myself from back then because I did the thing that I, I don't like doing. Uh, <laughs> I was very self-depreciating. Um, I was, you know, putting my work down kind of preemptively. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the respite of the... Uh, of the low self-esteem having folks like myself you you get self-depreciating so you can laugh at yourself before anyone else decides to laugh at you and uh you know i i think that's cute to do the first time but when you when you keep doing it i could see how it could get on people's nerves uh, the uh the folks there were very very patient very very kind um the day of super blog team up i it's it's crazy i actually had to for the first time ever I had to turn my uh, my sound notifications off on Twitter for my uh, for my laptop. Uh, if you get a retweet or a like, you know you'll get like a little you know beep boop you know on your on your computer. But uh, when I posted the uh, the Superblog team up and used you know the appropriate hashtags and all that stuff, suddenly I was just getting tons or tons for me, I should say, of uh, retweets and likes, and it just, it was wild. It was like, it was like Christmas morning for a, for a lonely, sad blogger. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this every single week so far, and I probably will continue to, but blogging can be very, very, very lonely. Uh, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's basically you and a screen. And, uh, you know, there are posts that I've made where I thought where I thought they were good, you know, I thought they were pretty good, and you'd, you'd put them out there, and nobody cares, <laughs> and, you know, people are busy, I, you know, people aren't, you know, frothing at the mouth to see what's happening at, you know, Chris's blog, you know, it's just the, the way of the world, um, of course, you know, there'll be those ones that I never think anyone will care about, and they turn out to be some of the more popular ones, you just can't judge, I guess, um, but Super Blog Team Up was different. Um, you were part of a team. Everybody was, everybody was pulling for everybody else. Uh, everybody was sharing and spreading the word. It was just so much fun. It, it really showed me 
uh, it showed me how much potential there was in using tools like social media to uh, to share uh, writings and share passions, stuff like that. Um, and it was something that I hadn't prepared myself for. I really thought that my post would just be there, you know, not not really get seen, not really get shared, as I always think that my work might reflect poorly on anybody who decides to share it. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm nuts. And uh, it's and I and I, I was nervous about having people share it because I wasn't sure if it was any good. I, I wasn't sure if it was to the standard of everybody else. You know, everybody else has been doing this for a long time. Everybody else kind of knew everybody else. They knew what to expect. I didn't know any of that. I was just kind of along for the ride. And uh, it was it was a real, real good time. And it, it uh, it's funny. It's it's the it's a few days out of the year where a nobody blogger feels like a somebody blogger and uh it's just a it's a wonderful day uh super blog team up and uh i am so happy to be a part of it to have been a part of it big thanks to everybody who has uh been involved throughout the uh years now wow uh, you know, uh, Mike Carlisle for introducing me to the gang, uh, Chris Bailey for taking me in, <laughs> uh, and everybody else. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about everybody else when, when, when I have Chris on later on. We're going to go through everybody who ta- who's taken part and all the different themes and all the trials and tribulations that he went through uh, early on trying to set everything up. It's, it's going to be a real good uh, conversation. I really look forward to sharing that with you. But for now... How about we talk about the issue? Alrighty, Justice League America number 52 came with a July 1991 cover date. The story title is The Battle of the Century? No. Decade? No. Year? No. Month? Perhaps. Uh, plot and breakdowns, Keith Giffen. Script, J.M.D. Mateus. Pencils, Trevor Von Eden. Inks, Randy Elliott. Letterer, Bob Lappin. Colors, Gene D'Angelo. Had a pair of editors, Kevin Dooley and Andy Helfert, had a dollar cover price. Now we open to see a shocked and dismayed Ted Cord standing before a mirror, wondering just about how how he became so soft in the middle now. Uh, why is he so soft in the middle now? Uh, with his Blue Beetle costume failing to cover his protruding belly, he reminisces back to his childhood, back to when he was the neighborhood fat kid. Lardo Cord is what they called him. Uh, he was more uh, physically fat than fit, is what he says, and uh, the kids taunted him. Uh, across the JLI embassy, team leader Martian Manhunters enters the kitchen to find Fire pouring herself a cup of morning coffee before she goes to bed for the uh, day. Uh, uh, also, League mechanic Kilowog is fretting over his extra- extraterrestrial immigration paperwork. He reminds John that he, too, will have to fill them out. That is, unless Mars was declared the 51st U.S. state. Elsewhere in the embassy, Guy Gardner is going about his morning calisthenics. He's in the midst of two hours' worth of push-ups, all done with Captain America stand-in General Glory uh, sitting on his back. Uh, uh, Just as Guy's about to call it quits, Ted Cord enters the scene, asking if he could join them for a little bit of exercise. Now, General Glory is more than happy to add Beetle to their gym rat tandem, 
Guy, on the other hand, uses Ted's request as a way to zero in on some of his quote-unquote problem areas, namely his uh, lard belly. Ted goes ahead and does an overhead press with a loaded barbell. As he struggles to get full extension, old Guy gives him a little tug on his love handles. Now they're overheard by a Martian passerby who enters the gym to employ a bit of conflict resolution. He arrives to find General Glory holding the two leaguers apart. He tries to talk the fellas down, but soon comes to the conclusion that there is just no hope in talking things out. Glory decides, with John's blessing, that the only way to resolve this is in the ring. Meanwhile, Ice is sulking in front of her vanity mirror, as she is wont to do. She laments her inability to keep up with Fire's wild nightlife. Her, I would say, inner monologue had been uh, thinking all these things, but she was actually saying them all out loud. Uh, She gets interrupted when B bursts into the room all giddy for the pending boxing match. She's hopeful that Beetle will knock Guy's block off and doesn't care who knows it. Shortly, the only Trinity member who would dare run in JLI circles, Batman, arrives. The cute little helper robot Elron informs him of the upcoming bout. Batman takes the news as uh, well as one might imagine. He grows ever more bemused as he runs into fire, ice, and Kilowog as he makes his way toward the gym. Now, the match is finally about to begin. In the corner to our right, wearing the red trunks, we've got Guy Grinder Gardner. In the corner to our left, wearing the blue trucks, trunks is Blue Battling Beetle. Uh, the two bring the trash talk before the bell, while Batman and Martian Manhunter look on, not knowing what, quite what to make of the situation. John swears that there's a lesson to be learned here, but damned if he could figure out just what it is. Okay, the bell rings and the two gladiators circle one another as Guy continuously runs his mouth. Guy runs into Mock Beetle some more, only to get cronked in the face with a powerful, though pudgy, right fist. Gardner's down. Gardner's down. As the uh, referel Ron makes his count, fire is positively jubilant. Ice is... Well, stop me if you heard this one. Moping. Guy gets back onto his feet by the count of four, though Elrond counts to seven anyway, and he's pretty ticked off. Guy swings wildly, hoping that any of his punches will connect. However, none of them do. As the seconds tick down in the first round, Beetle is able to smonk Guy in the mush again. Guy hits the mat just as the bell rings, ending the round. Guy notices that the blue butt face, and those are his words, not mine, gave him a bloody nose. This brings Guy to the brink. In that period between rounds, Beetle is leaning over the ropes to chat up B. This provides Guy the perfect opportunity to sneak up behind him and lay in with a brutal kidney punch. Beetle hits the mat, and he hits it hard. Guy follows up with a horrible series of kicks to the gut. You know, good thing this is between rounds, otherwise he'd probably be disqualified for this. Uh, General Glory has seen enough, and he enters the ring and uh, throws Guy into a chicken wing until he stops. As the commotion settles, John informs Guy that his services are no longer required, and he is hereby fired from the Justice League. Guy comments that only Maxwell Lord can kick him out, and he storms out of the ring. Fire berates him for his behavior, but come on, Guy ain't gonna sweat fire. Uh, There's only one gal that Guy sweats, and that's ice. She follows him out of the gym and up the stairs. She begs him to just apologize and put all of this ugliness behind them. Guy's not having any of it, and he snaps back at her and tells her to beat it. B enters the foyer to find Ice sobbing. Later, John is checking on Ted's injured ribs. B 
Beetle is upset and he blames his poor conditioning on Guy's ability to take him out the way he did. John reminds him that during the fair portion of the fight, Ted was actually winning. Meanwhile, Fire bashes her way into Guy Gardner's bedroom. She tells him he's absolutely crossed the line and she'd better not catch him sniffing around Torah anymore. Guy strikes back with a few half-hearted lines as B exits. We are left with a slump-shouldered Guy Gardner sitting all by his lonesome in a darkened room. And now for something completely different. Our issue closes out with Maxwell Lord returning to the JLI embassy with Wanda, his date for the evening. He attempts to get her ready to meet all sorts of superheroic types. He is shot in the stomach. We conclude with Wanda crying over a bloody Max laid out on the sidewalk. Okay, so this is the issue of Justice League America that fits between two storylines that simply do not interest me at all. Anytime I do my semi-regular reread of this run, I usually miss this one. <laughs> I, I just don't enjoy the general glory storyline that comes before it, and I really don't like breakdowns that comes after it. Uh, perhaps because it felt as though the, uh, you know, the sun was truly setting on this run. Um, with all that said, though, this was a really fun issue, and uh, pretty much personifies this incarnation of the Justice League. Now, this era is often referred to as a sitcom or a soap opera, and there's certainly a reason for that. In what other books are we going to watch a superhero try to pull his costume over his big belly, right? I mean, that just doesn't happen. Uh, Ted's weight issues would become something he'd struggle with in the years that followed, up to and including when he would appear much later on in Birds of Prey. really love uh, Martian Manhunter here as, like, the... You know, Bob Newhart is Dick Loudon in Newhart character, you know, the only sane person present. Uh, exhausted, you know, just dog-tired and dry-witted Martian Manhunter is probably my favorite Martian Manhunter. He's just a, a great character around here. I really dig the uh, the big sis-little sis dynamic between Fire and Ice. Uh, I think that they work really well when, you know, when they're together, better together than apart. Uh, while Ice's constant state of malaise can be a bit tiresome, it is a, a treat to see Fire be all protective of her. You really get the feeling that there's like a you know, burning, well, no pun intended, hatred from B to Guy. Uh, she sees him uh, as the only person who could truly hurt her best friend. And since Ice is either too nice or too naive, it seems like Guy just keeps getting away with his antics. Uh, we got Batman as this dismissive, what am I doing here, Observer. It's always a hoot, too. Uh, you couldn't really imagine Batman acting this way nowadays. Uh, everything about him is just far too serious. Uh, taking Batman out of the night, if only for his visits to the embassy, provides the reader with a great opportunity to look at him in a different light, I guess. Uh, you get the feeling that perhaps under the cowl, Batman is actually maybe quite amused or entertained by his fellow leaguers. His reaction to Guy referring to General Glory as Sir makes this issue for me. <laughs> Guy, you know, Guy doesn't have any respect for anybody, or at least outward respect, but uh, he still calls General Glory Sir, and uh, that tickles Batman, and that, that that tickles me. Then let's let's talk about Guy. At this point in his uh, JLA career, uh, I've got the impression that he's trying to act up to his reputation. You know, you have, like, the bad kid in class, everybody tells him he's bad, and so he tries to live up to the to the bad reputation he has. Uh, I do think he has a genuine affinity for his teammates, and he really would like to be accepted by them as, as a friend, as a partner, all that stuff. Uh, he acts out, perhaps, as a way to protect himself from their prote potential rejection. 
If he's a jerk, he gets to use that as an excuse why nobody wants him around. Whereas, if he were a nice guy and nobody wanted him around, he really wouldn't have an excuse at that point, right? That is definitely a great issue that I would recommend tracking down. And now we're going to go off to uh, my discussion with Chris Bailey about the life and times of Superblog Team-Up. Okay, now I'm joined by uh, Chris Bailey, otherwise known as Charlton Hero on Twitter. I want to thank you for coming on to chat up some Superblog Team-Up with me. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. It's a, uh, a pleasure to be the first guest here on Chris's on Infinite Earths. I am honored, and uh, for your listeners, I also apologize that I am the first guest as well. <laughs> well, since you are the first, I, I don't have any traditions yet, but I think I'd like to start a couple. And uh, these traditions aren't anything that other shows don't do, as, as in every other show. Uh, I'm going to start <laughs> by asking you to share your secret origin as a comics fan Ooh. with the uh, listeners. All right. Well, you know what? Like every good story, this one starts with some humble beginnings. So just for a bit of context, you know, I'm a lifeline comic book fan. I started at the age of six. Probably, uh, I think back so far as 1980, so mm-hmm. I don't want to date myself, sir, so anyone counting, <laughs> please stop. Uh, my mother worked at a local convenience store, actually, so in the very heart of the convenience store, right in the middle, was a glorious spinner rack, and on my visits to the store, I would always try to uh, check out the cool books. Now, for some context as well, I was big into toys, so I had a super hot Mego collection, so I had Superman, Batman, uh, you know, Robin, you know, I had them all. So sure. when I would go there, I would recognize, you know, these heroes on the comic books. So, of course, I was instantly, in, you know, interested in purchasing comics. So one of the uh, thrills of having a mother to work at a convenience store was that she would receive the coverless issues uh, when the books would go out of date. Mm-hmm. So I would receive stacks of coverless books, uh, you know, all kinds of classics from Justice League to DC Comics Presents, Jonah Hex, and, of course, my favorite, Arrak, Son of Thunder. There you go. There you go. But uh, so, you know what? I couldn't really read very well back then. So, I, you know, I really fell in love with the pictures. But uh, some of the things that I, you know, really got into when I was, you know, reading some of these coverless books, I vividly remember New Teen Titans number one. Mm. Uh, that captured my attention. And by the time I got to Justice League of America number 200, and if you don't have that book, run out and get it. Absolutely. It is amazing. And from there on, man, I was hopelessly hooked on comics. And it's it's funny because, like, when you think about your comics origins, you usually hear, like, two different stories. Either you discover them on your own or you were, like, kind of gatewayed into it by friends. So did did you have any any friends who were into it or, or were you the one getting your friends into it? You know what? First, my um – my social, my social circle, uh, you know, really wasn't into comics, but, you know, mm-hmm. everybody seemed to have comics kicking around. So, you know, sure, sure. whether it was an Archie comic in the corner of the room or a Richie Rich, you know, uh, they were always around, it seemed to be. But yeah. nobody really collected as such. So, you know, when I got serious about the hobby, I remember it was a, uh, a trip to the big city where, uh, <laughs> where I purchased at a bookstore an Overstreet Price Guide. You know, it okay. had an awesome cover for, uh, you know, the anniversary of Superman. And it had pricing for all these books. So by the time I got back, of course, I was the local expert of my town. <laughs> so I would, uh, you know, during my local trading and, you know, in each other's rooms, I would, uh, you know, shoot down. Oh, that comic book is uh, that's of no value. You know, maybe we could <laughs> trade that up. So, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, trying to play the big shot. But uh, yeah, but you know what? Trading was such fun. And, you know, as people got into the hobby, you know, 
it was a real thrill to me. And, you know, I ended up collecting a lot of books at the time. But hmm. from stuff that I loved that I would trade, I mean, Marvel Star Wars, what? I mean, let's be honest. Sure. Amazing. Yeah. Anything with a toy. So, you know what? G.I. Joe, Transformers, I, you know, anything that I could get that, you know, I could buy a toy of, I had that stuff. Team hmm. America, come on. <laughs> so, you know, really, really fun. And not only that, get this, I had in 1980 a $20 allowance. I don't mean to, t- you know what, if listeners of today don't understand how much $20 was to a kid in 1980, <laughs> you could buy part of the store with 20 For sure. bucks. You're a kid. <laughs> it was amazing. So I could clean out that spinner rack and, you know, around town. So I was, you know, I was hopelessly into this hobby of mine. It was fantastic. That's wild. I, 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 another one of the common uh, comic collector stories is uh, is is my experience collecting. Is uh, I didn't really I didn't get an allowance, but uh, I did get lunch money. So like uh, at my <laughs> at my school, it would be like you could buy the you know the full lunch for a couple bucks, or you can get a of cup of soup for a dollar. You know, it would be <laughs> and the cup of soup was purchased every day. I would assume. <laughs> it would be well, actually, not even that. It would it would be like the uh, like a styrofoam cup with like that red. That red uh, Campbell's soup with like corn and <laughs> carrots floating around in it, and uh, you had so no I would, choice but buy comics. <laughs> exactly, so I'd get I'd get five dollars a week to buy that every day, and instead of buying that, I would go to the comic store. And uh, when I was getting serious about collecting, the comics were a dollar twenty-five, so that was four comics I could get a week. And yes. uh, and my local store, uh, I'm not sure if he didn't if he didn't charge tax or if he just didn't charge tax to kids, but uh, it was uh, it was a Yes, <laughs> it was a straight 125 for each book, so I was actually getting four books with it. Uh, I don't know what I would have done with twenty dollars. I, I the mind <laughs> so what, boggles. So tell tell everybody what did you buy? What were you first buying? Uh, when I first went into a comic store, I was buying ElfQuest, but uh, when I when yes! I started when I transferred into new stuff, it was the X Men books. Uh, I would uh-huh, get the uh, it was all X Men stuff. That's kind of uh, my gateway was ElfQuest to X Men. And then Death of Superman hit, and then everything oh, just went crazy from and there. And the rest was history for Death of <laughs> yes. Superman. Boy, do I have stories about that. <laughs> so so when, it, when it came to, um, you know, the hobby and the next level, so <laughs> as time went on, a lot of my friends began getting into it. Of course, people assumed that uh, there was a time, you know, there was no internet at the time. You know, my town didn't have any comic book shops per se. Sure. But, uh, you know, comic books were starting to become profitable. People found out that, hey, I can sell these for money. And, of course, that became troublesome for Little Childhood Hero here. All right? <laughs> so all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, the uh, the comic books came that I would collect, and I would just go to the store, and I could buy what I want. All of a sudden, some of my titles were missing. And a few of my uh, talentless friends all of a sudden had my issue of Star Brand number one, which I missed out, by the way. <laughs> still mad. Still mad. Uh, <laughs> but it became a little bit of a uh, competition in my area to get books. So, you know, I really had okay. to plan out a game plan, you know, hit the stores and talk to the people at the store. Make sure you put away Batman, you know, death in the family for me. Make sure nobody else gets it. And, and so. this is this is not a comic specialty store. These are newsstands and these other places that pharmacies. happen to have these comics. Are, yeah. These are pharmacies. These are drug stores. These so are these are these are places that aren't in the habit of putting comic books aside. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you would get them on a spinner rack. They might be uh, on a bookshelf next to an adult magazine. You don't know. You don't. You do not know the trouble I went through to and keep half this the hobby covers going. are bent down. <laughs> oh boy, 
Uh, some of the ones that I really worried about was at a medical clinic. So you'd get like old people sneezing on the books. Oh, and, boy. And you'd, it was uh, not a pretty sight. And, you know, kids stepping on them. And, oh, oh, my, the pain, the pain. It's true. When you think back to all those those treasures in the 80s coming out and just <laughs> having a kid reach from the floor to you try to pull one down and just tearing the cover off. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was amazing because, you know, it seemed like, you know, even some stores started to pick up that comic books were starting to get a little bit popular. So, yes. you know, even some indie books started to appear. So, you know, Comico came around or Kamiko. How do you pronounce that? I say Comico, but so I, Comico, I, I don't okay. pronounce many things right. So, <laughs> so Comico came. So, you know what? Uh, Charlton Comics, of course, started, you know, they were, they were pretty well gone at that point. Sure, sure. But uh, let me see. Comico came. Uh, first. Now Comics Clips. first. Uh, you know, I started buying stuff like Robotech. There sure. were Justice Machine, the Elementals. I don't mean to date myself here. And, of course, Now Comics. I don't know if oh, anyone yeah. talks about Now Comics. but The Married you know, with I, Children comics, the Slime comics. Snart, <laughs> Ralph Snart, let's get real here. Uh, <laughs> the real Ghostbusters. My yeah. personal favorite, Mr. T and the T-Force. I pity the fool. Amazing. <laughs> Speed Racer. And, of course, I, I do have to bring this up, and I apologize to anyone who worked on this book. But now, comics, your Terminator book sucked. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen it? Beautiful cover to number issue number one. I, I, I probably have it, but I, I don't know that I've gotten to it. Uh, I could imagine, though. <laughs> I could I could remove my eyes. It's it's that bad. <laughs> no. So we're we're talking like like the the industry is kind of growing. You know, the speculation is coming in. So we're going from 80s to 90s here. So. How was it for you to transition from, you know, like you said here, the 80s where, you know, you were still hitting all the racks and stuff and stuff was starting to, co- to become missing. Um, but the 90s would come and that's when it kind of hit like a fever pitch. Right. It wasn't just the, your friends who were competing with you. It was everybody. It was the businessman. It was the doctor. It was the barber. It was everybody trying to buy comics because that's how they were going to put their kids through school and that's how they were going to pay <laughs> off their mortgages. So how, how was that transition for you? Oh, the 90s. How do I talk about the era of excess? <laughs> oh my goodness. I will tell you that uh, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, uh, you know what guys, you guys still owe me money. I did not get through college on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the X-Men number one or, uh, you know, X-Force. I still have many bag copies. If anyone's looking for any, by the way, you can hook me up on Twitter. There you are. I have many versions. Um, anyway, you know what? It did. It became a real rat race to get to uh, to get to these shops. So in my hometown, finally, we actually got comic book shops. Amazing. Okay. So sign of the times. However, uh, you know, my interest was at an all-time high as well. So, you know, all of a sudden, everybody was talking comics. You know, every single person, you know, all of a sudden was buying up these books. So it became a bit of a game. There were gimmicks everywhere, but you know, I was buying everything. I mean, multiple copies of issues. I ate, slept, and breathed comics. My social <laughs> circle was filled. And all of a sudden, of course, the bubble burst. Then sure. you were left with a million Spider-Man number ones, pre-bagged, oh, yeah. black edition, silver edition, you name it. I had it. And I was stuck with it forever. <laughs> In my parents' basement, they reside, so I'm just waiting for a fire to happen, but, you know, it it hasn't been. (laughs) And, of course, like every fad, you know, the poser just jumped off the bandwagon, so, you know, they were were gone into the next fad, and I was back into my comics buying groove, so, you know what, it was was a good time uh, to buy comics because, I mean, everybody was doing it. It was the hot thing to do. You mentioned Death of Superman. Yes. So let me tell you about Death of Superman. Great example. 
<laughs> so I worked at a local grocery store. So, you know, I had a little paycheck going on. So Death of <laughs> Superman was all over the media. Everybody wanted in on this book. Um, of course, I went to the racks. None to be found. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I work at this store. How How is it possible that there is no... How could you know, somebody no, beat you? Yeah, it's impossible. Like it was physically impossible. However, there was a local card vendor in the middle of our mall who bought every single issue in that town. Oh, of Superman. boy. So I rushed to his booth. I'm like, hey, I'd like to buy an issue of Superman. He looks at me. Slime. That'll be 75 bucks. Whoa. Day one. 75 bucks for Superman. Death of Superman. That's because out here or where I was, I was back in New York at the time. But uh. I remember that night uh, going to a flea market and they were priced up to 25, 50 bucks. It was, uh, it's insane. It's yeah, just, it's, uh, it, it, and it's funny cause it's kind of, it's kind of that whole, uh, Daedalus and Icarus thing. You know, that's, that's when it was certain that we flew a little too close to the sun because uh, <laughs> everything <laughs> fell apart right after that. Uh, um, I, now did you, with, with all this going on and with people jumping off like they do, did you ever jump off? Did you ever drop out of collecting? Because that's something you hear a lot from uh, lifelong collectors always have those times where they kind of step aside. I wish I could be that guy who said, I've been a lifetime comic collector. <laughs> However, finances got in the way. So I went Sorry. to university. It was 1997. I was still a million dollars shy of being a millionaire. Okay. Uh, comic book prices had climbed to that sweet spot, uh, you know, by mid-2000s that it literally – drove me out of the market. I mean, okay. before when I was, you know, $20 used to cover it. Now $20 could barely buy three books for me. What were the, what were the like regular prices? Uh, Cause it, the listeners might not be able to tell, but you are Canadian. Uh, yeah, so the prices are, are different than, than in America. So, uh, or in, in North America, uh, where are we? United States of America. That's the So place. if you guys were paying 95 cents, we were paying a dollar 25. If you guys were paying a dollar 95, we were paying two twenty-five. And I don't even want to get into the uh, graphic novel market. So <laughs> oh, we, I swear we were paying an extra $15 per book. Just because you see, that's, that's something we don't usually think about. Usually we, we only think about the single issues. But uh, we don't think about the price disparity with a trade, which, I mean, we're paying a lot for trades. So I could not imagine what you guys were paying for. Painful. I had to sell <laughs> children to, to get these books, I'm telling you. <laughs> you okay, okay. Can, we, can, can we scratch that from the record, please? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so so where so mid two thousands, so we were probably paying uh probably two ninety nine here. And that that was where it was too much for of a burden for you to actually go all in or stay all in. So you gotta understand, I was a collector who had a habit of, you know, um, maybe 30 to 40 books a month, okay? Sure. sure. So when you're racking up $3.50 Canadian on a book, uh, you know, that racks up really easy. So, you know, Absolutely. 30 books rattled down to 15 books, whittled down to 10 books, and all of a sudden I remember the day I went in and I purchased an issue of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and um, I knew it was the end. I, I literally couldn't keep it going. It was uh, yeah. it was too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I sadly bowed out. Yeah, I I did something similar in the mid '90s. It was an issue of uh, X Men Volume Two, where it was a it was a gimmicked issue that really didn't need a gimmick. It was a gimmick <laughs> cover that really didn't warrant the gimmick. And I I realized that you know they kind of had us by uh by our uh, by our <laughs> habit, I should say. Yes. They yes. had us by our addiction, and uh, they could do they could price things however they wanted because when you need it, you need it. So we're gonna pay what they what they tell us to pay, and. Uh, 
it was at that point that I realized, you know, I and I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. So if I'm buying if I'm buying X-Men, I'm buying all the X-Men, you know, and if I if I couldn't afford if I couldn't afford to keep up with X Factor and X Force, well, I was just done, you know. (laughs) So I walked away and it was it wasn't for a lack of interest. It was all for the price and all for the gimmick. And I just couldn't afford it anymore. I'm a completist. And when when I couldn't get a certain issue, if I had a break in my series, it was. It was mind-numbing. I, well, I couldn't get you, around it. It awake at night. It did. Yeah. It did. And I, I could go buy comic shelves, and I, I literally couldn't afford it. It was driving me insane. I didn't know what to do. So, now, you know. when you, with you being away from purchasing comics, did you did you? Because uh, something some people just walk away cold turkey, but others will they'll stop buying, but they'll still pay attention. They'll still keep track of the hobby of the industry. So did you keep, keep up on what was going on in the industry at the time or after you left? So of course I did. So I worked at a retail store, which will remain on name by the way. Uh, but they did have an amazing, uh, you know, magazine rack and okay. on the magazine rack, I was that guy who stood at the magazine rack for two hours reading comics. So <laughs> I would, I, I would still sneak some. However, the uh, comic selection had uh, twiddled down to, you know, Simpsons comics and, okay. you know, Avengers and, you know, very, very minimal comics were left on the racks at those times. Sure. However, they still had issues of Wizard Magazine. Okay. So at the time I was working overnights. So, of course, my first trip was to the magazine rack and I copy <laughs> Wizard Magazine and that went to the office and I read that thing cover to cover. And, you know, I, that's how I kept up on uh, on comics. It really kept my interest going. And, you know, whatever else I could read on the rack in the nighttime, I would read. And, you know, that's how I kept my comic habit going. But, you know. It wasn't satisfying at all, but, you know, that's how I kept my hobby alive. Sure, sure. Now, how long did you wind up staying away from uh, monthly consumption of the actual sequential comics? Oh, boy. I think by by mid-2000s, I had figured out. So picture this. By by mid-2000s, you know, online, you know, the Internet was, was booming. It was, you know, a pretty regular thing to have a computer in your household. Sure. And I figured out a way to find comics online. Of course. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, isn't, hopefully the government is not listening, but uh, we did, <laughs> I did find a way. So all of a sudden I had, you know, access to uh, thousands and thousands of comics. So, you know what, all of a sudden I was back to reading weekly again. And uh, every now and then I would go to the store. If I found something that I really liked, I would go and I would purchase the graphic novel. You know what gotcha. I mean? It was really, really good. And, of course, Wizard kept me going. So, you know, I knew what to uh, what was a hot book at the time and what I needed to read. And all of a sudden the Internet came around and, you know, there was websites and people were talking about comics. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so by the time I was in university, just to understand, none of my friends were into comics anymore. Like okay. my social circle had dwindled to to nothing, so nobody. Just you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was me by myself, and you know I'd have a comic book. Hey, did you check this out? And there's nobody <laughs> to talk to. You're talking into the void, and people are looking at you like, hey, there's a grown man in the uh, you know the comic book section of the store. Call the security <laughs> guard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was sort of a weird time. But uh, the internet opened that up. Uh, sure. All of a sudden, you could find you know message boards. You could have conversations with people and. You know, that's that's really when um, really when I started to catch my fever again. I wasn't all in, but, you know, I could follow the industry and that was that was fairly pleasing. 
Very good, very good. Now, this is around, uh, probably around the time where, you know, the it was past the Web 1.0 days where, where <laughs> yeah. things were becoming more social. So, uh, you know, there were things like like MySpace even, or oh, or yes. even, even the earliest of comic book podcasts, I would assume, were happening around this time. Because that, that's kind of when I discovered podcasts was probably 2008 or so. So uh, this is probably around the time that that stuff was starting to kick, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... I stumbled upon some audio files that were based on comics, so I had no idea what a podcast was. I haven't even heard the term. You know, I had a, sure. uh, I had an iPod, but it was one of those crappy stick generations, not the cool one with the dial. You know, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't afford such luxury, so I had sure. the, the stick. I couldn't tell what I was listening to, and apparently, I downloaded a comic podcast, and it ended up. <laughs> It ended up being Comic Geek Speak. Okay. And, of course, uh, you know, future Superblog team-upper, Mr. Peter, Rio, Peter Rios and uh, Brian Deemer were talking about comics. Mm-hmm. Basically, two friends talking like comics, just like I did when I was growing up. You know what? It felt like, you know, I had so much in common with these guys. It was just like my, you know, my childhood before me again. I was, sure. you know... I began binging the episodes before binging was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Suddenly I had, you know, access to whatever book I wanted online. And then I could listen to guys chatting about it. I loved it. So, you sure. know, I wanted to be part of that scene. I, you know, I wanted somehow to contribute to comics. You know, I could draw, but I was, you know, talentless compared to some of the uh, artists. Well, wait a second. Maybe I wasn't because I've seen some, <laughs> st- I've seen some bad stuff in the 90s. I don't know. I think I can draw feet. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh just uh i don't remember which episode it was i think it was uh i think it was the last episode of uh chris's on infinite earths i talked about the potential that podcast had like the first time i listened to one it just you know it's like a bulb went off in my head you know you just see the potential of sharing your 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 passion sharing your, uh, your what you love and uh just connecting people in in fandoms i mean you look now and I mean, there's podcasts about stamp collecting. There's podcasts about <laughs> everything. You know, it's just, uh, you know, vegetable gardening, just every, any passion you have in life. There's there's somebody talking about it. And I think that that's amazing. You're, you're just uh, like you said, you know, you're, you're shouting in the void. Your social circle dwindled down to one. I, I was the very same way. But. When you find these things, it just makes you feel like you're not alone in the world. And it's just when that first happens, it's it's like mind blowing that uh, that there are people just like when you were growing up talking about things just as passionately, just as knowledgeably. It's just it's great. Um, these these people had like views on things. You know what I mean? It was absolutely a deeper, it was a deeper level discussion. Like, you know, some of my conversations with my friends were pretty loose and. You know, we didn't even know who some of the artists were. You just go, oh, you know, Cosmic Odyssey is a cra- <laughs> Cosmic Odyssey is a crappy book. Look at that guy; he can't draw. <laughs> Sorry, Mike McNola, by the way. Uh, but you know, it, that was the basis of our conversations. These guys were deep diving. They knew industry stats, They're providing they, analysis. Yeah. Yes, these guys were on their game. So you know, I was fascinated by that. It was like a, you know, a new window to the hobby, which I never had before. And of course, you sure. know. That moved on with uh, with some different uh, social uh, media a bit later on. So. So, so, so this is where you would want to – this is where you started to build your own online presence or decided you wanted to have an online presence, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So you know what? I, I didn't know how to be a part of anything. You know, I wasn't really, uh, you know, a computer geek, so I didn't really know, you know – the basis of social media. I knew things like Facebook existed and my, sure. my space, but at the time it was so limited. I mean, it was just, you know, photos of your kid at, you know, at school, 
You know, yeah. that's basically all Facebook was. It wasn't really used to, you know, promote a blog or to discuss comic books or to, you know, it was it was just a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. However, a little thing with a little blue bird called Twitter popped around. <laughs> so now Twitter to me was more annoying than anything. So I kept hearing about Twitter and tweets and, you know, it was just driving me crazy. I'm like, who who wants to do a tweet? What What even is a tweet? Sure. So all of a sudden, you know, all of the websites that I would follow would always push Twitter. You know, go to hashtag whatever, and, you know, you'll find out more information on Twitter. So, of course, I decided to get myself a Twitter account. I named myself Charlton Hero, which I'm, uh, which I, you know what, I I, kind of dig my online persona, to be quite honest with you. It's kind of cool. It's much better (laughs) than uh, than being Chris Bailey sometimes. So, uh, you know what, sometimes being Charlton Hero has uh, has its benefits, I'll have you know. As, uh, as a full-time Chris Sheehan, I, I can agree with you. <laughs> You're a celebrity on your own name. It'd probably podcast. be pretty cool to have a have a pen name. I'm I'm hiding behind a defunct comic company. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, I figured out Twitter, so I got into that, and all of a sudden, I could talk about anything. It was literally I could hashtag something, and all of a sudden, I'm jumping into a discussion on any topic I wanted. And I mean, comic books were starting to become a huge part of that. Blogs and podcasts were shared. Sure. You know, it was in its infancy, but it was still, you know, it was moving at a rapid pace. And I was, I felt like I was at the forefront of it. It was awesome. Well, I, I, I've been on Twitter for a long time, and I still haven't figured it out. Uh, I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> what uh, is this at symbol for? At Charlton yeah. Hero? What, what? What is this? I never used that key before. What is this? But uh. <laughs> Now, earlier in this episode, I was talking about how uh, it, it took me like three or four months after I started blogging at at the site to uh, to even go on to Twitter because I I didn't know anybody and I didn't want to be uh, just somebody who shilled constantly. I didn't want to be like, <laughs> hey, check out my stuff, because I mean, we you and I both see people doing that. And it's it's oh it's my. it's not always what you want to see. It's like it, it just takes over your feed sometimes and i didn't want to be the guy doing that and i didn't know if there's any kind of point anybody out we'll just no no of course not no no i mean people get excited people get uh over ambitious or just ambitious and and that's cool but uh i didn't want to i i think everything i do is annoying somebody at some point so because i'm i like your stuff chris (laughs) well thank you but I, i always feel like if I were to push my stuff, it's it, somebody might roll their eyes. And uh, that's one of the things that kind of makes me step back a little bit. So I think my my whole social media entry was kind of a baptism of fire. I was just trying because I did. And, and I mean, it's not unique to me because you did, you probably didn't know very many people when you went on. Um, but uh, I just didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know if there was an etiquette. And uh, when I did come on, it was 2016 where – a little bit further out of the infancy, where there were a lot of uh, a lot of comics bloggers out there, established ones uh, with you know long and storied uh, sites just such as yourself. And uh, I didn't know if there, <laughs> I didn't know the right way to approach putting my <laughs> so, stuff forward. So it's funny you said that. So uh, during my early days of Twitter, you know, it always seemed to be the same three or four people who would interact with me on Twitter. I don't know if they were my only friends, uh, you know, my, my small <laughs> social circle, of course, <laughs> you know, ended up uh, doing the same thing on Twitter. But I met a guy uh, from a website called Longbox Graveyard, uh, Paul okay. O'Connor, who was, of course, yes. an original uh, Superblog team-up member. And uh, I remember being fascinated by his site. So if you ever see Longbox Graveyard, it, you know, it's a uh, 1970s comic book site. Um, yeah, we're you know, going to link all... to that in the, in the notes for sure. 
yeah, th- this thing was uh, this thing was amazing. So I, I got to talking with Paul on Twitter, just bantering about you know old comics and blogging and everything in between. And uh, you know what? It uh, it was my entryway to uh, to what I do now. Certainly, okay. And so this would lead to you launching uh, your site, the Superhero Satellite. The Superhero Satellite. So you know what? Uh, I wanted to do a blog. I, I decided. You know what? I I didn't have a uh, a pretty face for Instagram at the time or anything <laughs> like that. You know, uh, I didn't have a million dollar body. I didn't know what else to do. So you know, uh, I didn't have a podcast mic like I do now. So you know, I couldn't become the next comic geek speaker. Uh, mm. So you know what? I decided. Hey. I can write. I can't spell very well, but you know what? I can write. And, they have uh, machines to fix it. So it's right. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, spell <laughs> check is, is amazing. So I didn't know what to write about. So, you know, I just did an open style pop culture blog and I just ranted about things I grew up with. Uh, comic books and TVs, movies and pro wrestling. And I'm, I'm a proud pro wrestling fan, by the way. So Same here. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Whatever I loved growing up, I just talked about on Superhero Satellite. And uh, I remember uh, I remember the first time that I ever blogged, but uh, I'll t- I'll save that for a few minutes. Okay. Uh, now, like you said here, you you kind of casted a very wide net, which is definitely the way to go. I think uh, very very wise words to share with uh, prospective bloggers out there because because <laughs> my my site started as a Teen Titans site, but oh, that great. was too limiting. And then it was then it was like, OK, well, maybe it'll be like DC teams. <laughs> then it was like, well, that was still too limiting. So then it, it so it just became a DC one. And even that is kind of limiting. I mean, DC has put out tens of thousands of comics, but that is still it still is a little bit of a pigeonhole. Um, and it, and it's funny because it's like right outside the sweet spot because it's it's not a specialty site because it is too wide to be. It's not a niche site right. because it's too wide, but it's not a big site because it's still tamped down to just dc so it's a very weird spot <laughs> that my site is in uh but you know if you if you're out there and you want to do some blogging just uh blog about what you like is is basically Absolutely. the the what you do uh because you don't want to feel like you're forced into you know you don't want to be that round peg in a in a round hole all the time I find so, uh, that the, the second you begin to write about something that, you know, you're forced to do or it just yeah. becomes a habit you don't enjoy, I find the work diminishes. And, and that's why I created Superhero Satellite. That's why I took such a broad, broad spectrum, because I could sure. jump from comic books. And if I got bored with that, I could talk about a TV show I loved as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I could go to the ends of the earth. I mean, I could talk about, you know, Justice League number 200 in one minute. And then I could talk about an episode of Alf the next minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, and then jump yep. into the Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff feud of uh, you know 1980 i could talk about it sure. all and i love that no that's that's really great here and and your site your site really isn't uh isn't a review site because so many blogs out there mine included are are review based more or less uh, i don't know of anything that i do could be considered a review but i, I think it's kind of <laughs> in that vein <laughs> so that's that's not what you were aiming at particularly so, no you know what um Reviews weren't my thing. You know, I, I didn't think I really had a lot to say from, you know, a review perspective. So, you know what? I sort of wrote what I felt, uh, you know, what it, you know, what it did for me as a kid, you know, how much I enjoyed this particular show or how much I enjoyed this particular comic, what I loved about it. So, you know what? It came from a perspective of, you know, the six-year-old kid that was me. This is what I loved as a kid. This is why I still love it to this day. So, Excellent. you know, it's one of those, you know, one of those things. And I also found that when I began writing, uh, and we talked about the void. So I want to talk about the void for a second. So, and I, 
anyone who's a blogger who's listening right now, they can appreciate that sometimes you can write your heart out. You can write, you know, you can write your own version of the Bible and think this is a great manuscript. This is going out to the masses. People are going to love this. You post that thing, you're excited, and nobody reads it. Not a person. Nobody. Not it's a like, soul. It's like throwing a rock into the black hole. Nothing <laughs> happens. Without even the benefit of hearing it echo yes. when it hits the bottom. It's like nothing. I, I remember pressing click on my first post for Superhero Satellite. <laughs> and you know what, Chris? I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I thought everybody, you know, the world was going to turn their computers to Superhero Satellite. And, you know, the, the sites will crash with such clicks. <laughs> And I waited and I waited and zero views, zero views. <laughs> I could not believe it. I think I think WordPress uh, may or may not have clicked on the site just to give me a view. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I feel like they did. Thank you, WordPress. It's funny. I when I first did my uh, my initial piece, I can't tell you how many times I hit refresh <laughs> on the stat page. Of course. I mean, I probably could, but it would be very embarrassing because it was <laughs> always zero or it was like the one when I clicked it to make sure it went through. It's <laughs> it's so sad. But like I may or may not have retweeted my own tweet to my blog. You know, I, I will be. I will say I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I think I, like I might have done stuff, that a time or two. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, so good. So, uh, you know what? When I, when I talked about, you know, views and all that stuff, of course, that's the first thing. You, you want to know that people are reading your stuff. You want to sure. find people who are like-minded like you who enjoy your writing. Uh, you know, I remember the first time I sat there and I got five views. Yep. I am telling you, I was excited. I was excited. <laughs> I, you know, I got a like and even got a comment one time. I don't think it was in a, you know, the English language, but it was, <laughs> it was amazing just to get someone to write gibberish at me. And you know what? Over time, my five viewers turned into 10, then it turned into 15. You know what? And then all of a sudden I was getting like 50 views a month. And I thought, my God, I am basically an internet celebrity here. Hey, all hail Charlton star. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the big thing was um i felt like i was contributing i felt like i was doing Sorry. something in the comic you know in the comic book market and i was doing something that made me happy so bottom line you know i was writing something that i cared about when you know the things that i wrote you know i really enjoyed myself i was you know, I was sure. a fan of this stuff that I was writing about, and I wanted other people to find out about it as well. So, ah, the intrinsic desire to blog is, is probably the most important thing, just the Absolutely. the intrinsic enjoyment. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's you and a screen. And uh, if you're not digging it, the screen doesn't get an opinion. So it's just <laughs> you at the end of the day. No, it's, it's taking your ideas bad and good. It's true. And it's funny you mentioned your first comment. My first comment on, my, uh, on Chris's on Infinite Earths was from our friend Walt. He was my hey, very first comment. Yes, and we'll be talking more about him later on. But uh, yeah, he was my very first comment, and I I was over the moon that somebody took yes. a few seconds out of their day to type to first of all to read what I wrote, yes. and then to and then to write a response or write their thoughts. That is just uh, for for like a weird introvert like myself. That is just <laughs> the 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 most awesome thing to to have happen. It's it's so cool. So, you know what? I'll agree with – and you know what? You've actually made me feel bad now. I feel like I should go comment on your stuff. I read this, <laughs> I read this guy's stuff every day, folks, just to let you know. And I have not – I don't – maybe I have. Maybe I've left one comment, but this guy's got over a 1,000 posts. I feel embarrassed right now. I feel like I should go uh, type up a post. 
<laughs> just for you right now. I will do this after this podcast. I promise you, brother. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, so you're on social media. You've got yourself a blog, and you're you're actually interacting with other people who have blogs of their own. I, that's how kind of how I realized that this was a thing. You know, uh, being on Twitter eventually. And I start seeing people post their stuff. It's like that's when I realized that there are other blogs out there. Yes. And uh, you just it, it's like it's such a no brainer because it's obvious that there's, there's got to be other blogs out there. But you just they're just not in your face. You know, when you're sure. just when I'm sitting looking at a uh, my blogger desktop, you know, <laughs> I'm not seeing other people's other people's uh, product or other people's offerings. So when you do get onto Twitter, you see it. And uh, so you're you're there now. This is when, 2013, 2012? 2013, yeah. 2013. So you're there, you're doing, uh, you're, you're blogging, you're, you're meeting other bloggers. How many, how many, uh, off the top of your head, how many bloggers do you think you were interacting with? Or how many blogs were you actively or regularly checking out that, that think, weren't your own? I think in the, uh, as with everything with the internet, when you find something new, I mean, you you know, you dive deep into it, no matter what yeah, your uh, what your vice is. So, you know, blogging became my vice. So, you know what? I read to 20 to 30 of these things a week. And, wow. uh, you know, some of those guys would actually interact with you, which was cool. I mean, sure. you know, uh, I don't know what I expected. I don't know if I thought everybody was, you know, a uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, a major author in the New York Times or whatever. But, you know what? I thought it was cool just to get a Twitter comment back or a thanks for sure. reading or something like that. It was cool. So, you know what? I read 20 or 30 of these a week, which was pretty, you know, that was a lot at the time. For sure. For sure. And now is this. So we're in 2013-ish now. So is this, this is the genesis of a Superblog team up then. Exactly. So. Okay. As the aforementioned uh, Longbox Graveyard, uh, Paul, you know what? He was one of the guys who I would talk with, you know, every day on a regular basis, interacting, talking about comics. We also ran uh, into a guy called uh, Mark Inochio, who uh, ran an incredible blog, if you've ever heard of it, called Chasing Amazing. Uh, he would also chime in from time to time. He so was his the blog... one trying to get the uh, entire run of Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, and yes. his blog is fascinating. So yes, for sure. it was about him grabbing each individual issue of Amazing Spider-Man and you know the eventual chase to, com to you to know complete, to complete the run. collection. It yeah. was amazing. That's awesome. But, but people came from all ends of the earth, uh, ends of the earth, I should say. You know, I ran into a blogger, you know, who blogged only about Green Lantern named Frodo. Uh, Flo Frodo, my goodness, edit <laughs> Flodo. You know, he jumped into daily conversations about a blog. Uh, you know. His blog was called Flodo's Page, and there was a guy, uh, Jeff, from Silver Age Sensations, and another guy who did website design from called Fantastiverse. And these guys would be, you know, consist of the original group. So six of us became bantering about topics, anything we could cook up. You know, it was like old times. You know, it was a bunch of friends. We could talk about it. We argued about the virtues of, you know, 70s and 80s comics compared to today and, sure. you know, shared stories. And, you know, well, we would prom promote each other's blogs. You know, we would... You know, retweet each other. We would comment on each other's posts. And I remember vividly one night, uh, myself and Paul and Flodo at the time were uh, talking about a conversation about, uh, you know, uniting our blogs. Maybe we mm -hmm. should get together and maybe we could do a big crossover event. I was a fan of crossovers. Sure. You know, anyth anything that I could find, you know, in comic book world, a crossover like Crisis on Infinity Earths, uh, Millennium, anything. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. So what if we could put together a giant continuous blog post on the topic of our choosing. So thus was born the concept of, I'd like to say super blog team up, but initially it was called Blogs United. 
It was kind hey. of a clunky name, kind of clunky, kind of Image United style. Didn't really, <laughs> uh, didn't really flow well. Probably doomed to uh, extinction right off the bat. But uh, Paul came to our rescue, and he actually coined the term Superblog Team-Up. And from there, you know what? We were off to the races. Uh, what, what could have been oh, Blogs what, United. What could have been, indeed, <laughs> Blogs United. It was such a fascinating uh, uh, term there. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've got this germ of an idea, you know, a, a continuous, uh, a thematically linked blogging endeavor kind of here. So... How do you go about turning this idea into into a reality? Very painfully, Chris. We started <laughs> <laughs> we started an email chain. You know, we had not uh, discovered the joys of uh, uh, direct messages at the time. So you know what? We spent a lot of time waiting for each other to email each other back and forth as we batted around ideas. You know, it was an old sure. school way of doing things. Sure. But, uh, First thing we decided on was, you know, what's going to be our topic? You know, idea would usually be like a, a trope or a concept that was used, uh, you know, we were going to discuss. Something that would become, you know, more important as each installment would come up, of course. But uh, the first thing was, what is going to be our first idea? So so now you, you said it was six uh, six blogs teaming up here. Was everyone comfortable taking part uh, taking part in this crossover? Was this uh, something well, like everybody was all in on, or, or did anybody feel like they might be losing or giving up some of their identity, their own blog's identity? Well, the beauty part of Superblog Team Up was we wanted each blog to retain their own integrity. So we okay. wanted each post to be reflective of you know the blog itself. So we didn't want them to change their format or to do something different from Superblog Team Up. The whole idea was to share each other's work and to get people interested in your blog. So sure. to, to change it or to alter it for one post, you know, you wouldn't get the real feel or vibe of someone's blog. Yeah, so be kind the, of rule, yeah. the first rule that we created after such a thing in Superblog Team Up was that each blog retained its integrity. We wanted each mm-hmm. person to take the theme, whatever theme we picked, and spin it exactly as they would every other post. I think that was the critical thing, you know. The trust thing with Superblog Team Up is huge. I think that... Uh, you know, readers who read their blogs, they want the same experience. They want a consistency in their approach. So yes. once we had a topic, the next step was hammering down a date, mm-hmm. which was which was tough sometimes. But we could, uh, you know, the idea was we wanted to release a post on one day and give the readers a boatload of content all at once. Mm-hmm. So luckily, Paul, our veteran blogger, he was the uh, he was the guru of the group, and he had experience in this area. So he led the charge. You know, gotcha. what was the best date to launch? So you know, when were we going to share their masterpiece? You know, each one of our blogs. You know, we'd promote each other's blogs with a list of links at each other's posts. And you know what? Ideally, this would sound simple. However, logistically, <laughs> logistically, uh, being the uh, the guy behind the scenes who was uh, piecing together this thing. It, sometimes it was a train wreck. Rewarding, but a train wreck. I will tell Certainly. you, starting out of the gate. <laughs> it does It does sound like a very, very simple concept, at least in theory, right? I mean, it's, oh, what's so hard about that? You pick a day, you do it, you're done. <laughs> For, yes, yes. Ideally, that would be amazing. So, you know, coordinating the theme at the start, of course, until we found our groove was a little bit of a logistical nightmare. We would select the date. But, you know, someone could not make the deadline or all of a sudden they banish from social media temporarily. And, you know, there all of a sudden you'd get an email come in and explaining why, oh, my goodness, you know, I dropped off the face of the earth. But now I'm back. And but you know what? Somehow, by the good grace of God, we finally made it work. And you know what? We launched our first edition of Superblog Team Up. I'm channeling my inner Stanley right now. Yes. Superblog Team Up. 
Yes, true believer. I, I can I could definitely see this getting sticky because it, it's it's hard enough to blog when you're a one person operation, you know, where uh, just keeping motivated and seeing a, a project through to completion, hit, getting to the point where you can hit publish and walk away from it is is difficult enough in itself. But now, I mean, you're dependent on you know five other blogs to kick in the content, and uh, and, and you know when you talk about something when it's a couple months away. If if we said, you know, right now the next Superblog team up is in six weeks, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. I'm all over it. But, you know, as it gets closer, the pinch comes in, you know, and it's <laughs> uh, it's harder to – and I psych myself out all the time. That's my own weird thing. But uh, it's just uh, – it's just, you know, it's so easy to agree to something when it's so far in the future. So – but when you get there and then it's all of a sudden – you get those emails where it's like, oops, busy this day. So it's <laughs> – I, I could definitely see that being a real uh, – a sticky wicket, as it were. Uh, so I, I bet you every member of our Superblog team-up uh, family right now is nodding their heads right now. I'm sure. <laughs> no. so, so the initial launch party originally yes. started as six. However, of course we launched with five because one of them <laughs> dropped off the face of the earth. That's okay. We still love you, Fantastiverse. Um, so it started with – the first theme was the day they walked away. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're a comic book fan, how many times have you seen your favorite superhero get tired of the grind and simply walking away? So, you know what? This was November 2013, mm-hmm. and we took to Twitter, and by God, we advertised our collective butts off. You know what? And I felt it was a success. So my blog actually got hits. Oh, I felt empowered. <laughs> I was excited to just refresh and see who else was reading it. And I would get yep. likes and, you know, my, my audience of 50 all of a sudden were now checking out and probably leaving forever for other vlogs. <laughs> so they would hit Chasing Amazing and then they would jump over to Longbox Graveyard. Sure. All of a sudden, you know what? We developed a little mini community. It was kind of cool. It was like um, a mini brotherhood, I guess. Uh, you know, it sure. felt like a real sense of accomplishment. You know, I truly felt for the first time. We were creating something of value for the comic book scene. Mm -hmm. So the question was, we got this one. Part one is in the can. But where do we go and grow from here? I mean, what's next? That was the big thing. So Sure. And part of that growth would be to, I mean, it automatically would be to expand the roster. No, I mean, you want more more people in this community. Absolutely. So one of the things we thrive to do on every single edition is to bring new talent. So we don't like to stick with just the core group. We always used like to introduce two, you know, one or two brand new contributors every time. And it, it keeps the roster fresh. So sure. if anyone wants a break, we also got someone who can fill in and add some content and yeah. you know, open up to a whole new audience. That's the idea behind it. So every single edition, we always wanted those extra folks to come in and, you know, harness that experience and be part of it and, you know, bring that new excitement to it and enthusiasm. It always kept it fresh. It was awesome. That's definitely one of the key parts to why Superblog Team-Up works. Uh, I, I love that nobody is obligated to participate each and every time out because Absolutely. Like, we, like we said earlier, when you're writing something that you're not passionate about, uh, you can tell. Nobody wants to read that blog post, you know? And you're I right. think that... And I think that 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 turns into like a lull in the uh, in like the the super blog daisy chain. You know, if you're if you're if you're bebopping from one blog to another and you get to the one where it's just like they don't want to do this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just, Some, uh, someone's contribution went from uh, 14 pages for the uh, the first one to two sentences for the next one. You know, you know, yes. they weren't into it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I guess 
the thing is, I think we wanted a positive experience for everybody. So mm -hmm. uh, we moved on in February of 2014 to our second topic, which is one of my favorite topics, of course. I was excited about it. Retcons. And mm -hmm. I don't need to tell you how many times that the comic community retcon stuff into continuity or out of continuity. Uh, my sure. God. I mean, full universes were incorporated to the DC universe. They were removed with Crisis on Infinity Earths. You know, John Byrne retcon Superman. My God. Todd <laughs> McFarlane changed Spider-Man. I mean, there was so much that was happening with sure. retcon, so much to talk about. But, of course, we gained two core members, and I'd really like to call them out right now. Uh, you know, sure. Between the Pages blog. If anyone has never seen Between the Pages blog, it is one of the most unique it comic is. book blogs you will ever read. Because not only is it about comics, it is about comics with cakes. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm not doing it justice just talking about it. Trust me. Check it out. Go to Between the Pages blog. Just Google that thing and check well, we'll, it out. We're going to link, we're gonna link yeah. all these in the uh, show notes and on the, uh, and on the website for sure, because I, I definitely want folks checking these, uh, these sites out. And the big thing was, you know, we had some people who did reviews. We had some people talking off the cuff. We had some people who did, you know, different things with their blog. So, uh, you know what? Between the pages of one of those ones that represented that, you know, super blog team up just don't have to be about, you know, a set parameter within the sure. blog. It can be anything. You can open it up. It can literally be anything on the topic. We can celebrate with anything, with cakes, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time as well in the second edition we also incorporated bronze age babies they celebrated mm -hmm. the bronze age of comics i mean i am a bronze age fan i i know you are for sure both both of our blogs you know what uh they would become long-standing members of the core super blog team up and you know what we were off to the races i mean between 2013 and 2017 we we actually completed 12 separate Superblog team-up uh, events, which is which is pretty good. So For sure. You know what? 2014, May of 2014, brought villains. Uh, September of that year, we did team-ups. One of my favorites, January 2015, we did alternate timelines. Love that episode. May 2015, we went for cheap heat. Yes, we did. <laughs> Top 10 list. You won't believe Click number here. seven. <laughs> you will not believe number seven. Look at this. Look how much weight this person has lost. You won't believe it. Click here. Uh, number... We also did uh, Superblog team-up number seven, which came around uh, the release of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So we actually did a whole Star Wars edition, which was pretty darn awesome as well. Mm -hmm. We did Versus yes. uh, in 2016, and a certain guy uh, that I know happened to partake in the Superblog team-up at that, that time. Was, that was my very first one, for sure. That was your first appearance. It was. A bag and board it. It's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. We went into magic in November of 2016, some holiday stories in December, and more and more. So you know what? Mm -hmm. Each uh, each time the event got bigger and bigger, bigger as each went on. You know what? The audience base grew. Um, I wouldn't. I'll never forget that it was it was Super Blog Team Up Two. I was vacationing in Florida with my family, mm -hmm. and uh, my phone started ringing in my pocket, and I thought it was somebody calling me. All of a sudden, it was a WordPress notification. You have a boom in stats. Then it happened wow. again. And again and again, and I was like, there's something wrong with my phone. Like, clearly, I don't know, some, <laughs> some, there's a virus on, on WordPress. But it wasn't. It was people checking out our stuff. As a, as a writer, I cannot tell you what that does for your not only your ego, but your sense of satisfaction to get in front of that keyboard again. It's funny because early when we started, uh, when I started the uh, this episode, the, the part that I did on my own here, I mentioned that uh, 
the first time when we did verses uh, was the first time that I ever had to turn the notification sounds off for Twitter on my laptop. Because usually, you know, I'd, I'd post something on there and maybe like two or three times a day it would chirp, you know. Yes, yes. But when we did, when it was Superblog Team Up Day, it was constant. It was just, it was magic, you know, and uh, I had to, I had to shut it down. I had to shut the sound off because it was just, it was just a constant flow of traffic. And uh, it it really is a a magical thing if you're a blogger to, uh, like you said here, the the satisfaction of just, even if they don't visit the site, just knowing that it's out there and and acknowledging that it's out there is just, it's great. It's awesome. Exactly. And you know what? Uh, Thinking about that for a second, I mean, just it's not only about hits i mean it's about people realizing that people are reading your stuff like yeah. what a what a concept you're it's not walking to the yeah. void all of a sudden <laughs> people are checking this out and you know what even if they don't read and they just retweet it you know they've opened it up to all their readers you know what i mean exactly amazing exactly. so mm-hmm. two of my inspirations from a blogging events and i'm going to call these folks out because they're they're really important to me in my development as a blogger uh one of our contributors actually works for this site it's called the retroist and if you are a fan of retro uh, there's no better site than the Retroist. So a couple of our, uh, I've written for the Retroist a couple times. I know between the pages blog writes for the Retroist. Yes. Um, you know, do a lot of work. It's it's amazing stuff. There's a lot of retro vintage stuff that I'm really into, and that's a lot of the stuff that you'd see on the superhero satellite as well. So big inspiration from the Retroist, mm-hmm. uh, as well. Comic Geek Speak. I said to myself one day, you know what? A lot of these folks I had listened to on podcasts and on their blogs, and one day it hit me. You know what? These guys are everyday people like us. I wonder whether you want to join Superblog Team Up. So you know what? I wrote the Retroist. Sure enough, we got someone from the Retroist who contributes almost every single edition. Yes. I called up. I, I I DM'd Peter Rios from Comic Geek Speak. I didn't know if he thought it was a stalker or what. I just asked him, Hey Peter, <laughs> you know, would you like to jump on board? All of a sudden, Peter, the guy who I'd been listening to for years, loving his stuff. All of a sudden. He was helping us out. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had the best gig in the world. Superblog team up was just amazing. It was such a rewarding experience for me and such a community. Now, like you said here, uh, Peter Rios, uh, he, he's a podcaster. He has the the Daily Rios, correct? The Daily Rios, my friend, one of my so, favorite ones. And he also has a new one called The Legion Project. If you are a Legion of Superheroes fan, you need to go and check this out. These guys break down Legion of Superheroes like nobody's business so stick wow, on your flight ring folks and jump on board there's a franchise i don't understand at all so i might have to check that <laughs> out myself <laughs> the, the the troubled story of the legion is a podcast and all to itself and i'm sure, sure. Uh, i'm sure peter peter and uh eric from Longbox review will uh will totally agree with that statement <laughs> so so we do have a, a we have podcasters on board now so Superblog team up is is now not just blogs, so it, it's wide open to other forms of content, correct? Exactly. So you know what? To diversify, we went outside of blogs. So you know what? Uh, not only we add blogs, but we added podcasts, we added vcasts, we added everything we could possibly do. So one of the bigger ones, and one of our best friends at Superblog team up, who helps us out a bunch of times, was Dean over at the Unspoken Decade, a '90s yes. blog. If you love 90s comics, Dean has done a tremendous amount of blogging, he's done a tremendous amount of podcasting, and I love his contribution. So mm-hmm. it is really, sure. really good. We even had a V-blog that, uh, you know, did some YouTube work for us as well. So Superblog team up all of a sudden had broken in, you know, broken the fourth wall. All of a sudden we're appearing <laughs> in all sorts of media. I would listen to podcasts and we get called out. I couldn't believe it. It was like 
How about that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Kim Kardashian feels on her day-to-day basis, but you know what? <laughs> Me being called out on a podcast, I, I couldn't believe it. I felt so honored. I felt thrilled that I'll, you know we were part of the conversation. And you know That's what? Awesome. To this day, our group still gets called out from time to time. And it's such a fascinating thing. You know, it's amazing, amazing just to be a part of it. Now, you know, I already know the answer to this question, but explain to the listeners how, how tight that this this group of super bloggers has gotten over the years here and uh, how we all stay in touch when we're not, you know, super blogging. Aha. So, you know what? During our off season, you know what? Our group has evolved from uh, our previous <laughs> medieval email chains. <laughs> the prehistoric email chains. <laughs> no longer do we have to wait five hours for someone to respond or check their email. <laughs> Uh, so we've evolved to Twitter DMs, which is probably archaic right now as well, but uh, <laughs> Maybe. You know, it's made, it made life a lot easier. So we have a strong core, you know, uh, that continue to chat all the time about 10, you know, or 11 blogs that can, that I consider card carrying members of this mighty super blog team up. <laughs> uh, so I think the versus event uh, was a pivotal one for our group. So, you know what? We added a lot of significant members of our cast. So uh, I want to call out uh, Michael Carlisle, crap box mm-hmm. son of Cthulhu. Yes. If <laughs> if you have not seen the basement of the comic industry, you need to go over and check out his site. <laughs> he sure. reviews the bottom of the barrel. When he says he's reviewing the crap box, he means it. Is the, he means it. He <laughs> is serious about the worst comics in the world. So you need to go over and check out Mike on uh, Crap Box on a Cthulhu. It is amazing. We also have Ben Herman, uh, who writes like university essays, basically, <laughs> uh, from his blog, in my not-so-humble opinion fantastic work like mm-hmm. uh really really well well written i feel embarrassed when i put my stuff up but again, <laughs> uh, you know i feel like someone in grade five compared to his work yeah, then i write like i talk so it's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a then, little marble marble fingered yes. i guess <laughs> then of course we had some guy uh chris sheehan i don't know he had you know he's got some podcast chris is on <laughs> infinite earths you know uh so you know what? Uh, I'm glad you joined us, Chris. I mean, you've uh, you've done some amazing work for us, and you are basically a founding member of our team. From it feels like you've been there since day one. So you know what? That's awesome. I think we basically have created the uh, the perfect blogging group, man. Got to be. And and uh, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but Mike Carlisle is the one responsible for getting me into uh, into the group. Uh, he uh, it's funny. I I, I told the story earlier, but uh, you know how in Twitter when you follow certain people, they have like an automatic DM to you. Like to yes. thank you for the follow and stuff. Yes. Well, I haven't Mike's figured got, that out yet. I'd like to say thank I, I don't you. E- everybody has no ever DM me and I haven't responded. Don't so, take it back. <laughs> so Mike's got that. So I, when I followed him, I got this DM thanking me for the follow and uh, tell, give me the links to his sites and stuff. And me, the idiot that I am, thought that this was actually a DM he sent. <laughs> like he actually typed it out and sent it to me. Loving it, you know. He yeah, so I for you to follow. Him. So I I wrote back to him, and that's how we started talking. And then he mentioned uh, Superblog Team Up, and he gave my link to you, and then you and I got hooked up, and that's how it all got going here. Ooh, so I, I'm well, you know what? I hope I made a good impression on you. you <laughs> stick around, so. <laughs> I hope I didn't blow you off like I did uh, some of the no, other no. people. No, it was actually it was actually a, a little bit humbling because uh, it it all happened so quickly. Because uh, Mike told me about Superblog Team Up, and then I found I you know I followed I searched for the hashtag. It might have been the first hashtag I've actually searched for, <laughs> and uh, I started reading all the uh, all the offerings, and I started feeling very 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 small. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I was just very nervous. I wasn't even sure what answer I wanted. I didn't know if I wanted you to tell me, hey, come back in six months or or to say, hey, come on in. Because I was just very, very intimidated by the idea of it. But uh, you got back to me, I think, the same day and uh, welcomed me in. And that I never happens, in, folks. Chris, Chris is a special guy. I, I am a very special guy. That's what uh, my wife says. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> got me in there right away. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Um, it, it's funny. On, on the subject uh, that we are discussing, one of the calling cards of Superblog Team Up are the promotional posters and banners that uh, that you come up with I, I know i know i always get a kick out of seeing what you come up with because there, there's some very just awesome digital work that you do to uh to announce and then promote the uh the team ups well thanks for that uh so you know what each event i wanted to uh do something unique for it so i uh had a very very small talent with a uh a photoshop program that i had <laughs> my uh 50 laptop uh, you know, what? And, uh, I managed to design some very unique, uh, you know, adverts and teasers. Basically, the idea was I'd take a, uh, you know, an image, an iconic image, basically, and uh, I'd alter in a certain way and, you know, slap our logo on it and just, you know, put our whatever our event was. And, uh, you know, what? it really drew eyes. I got to say, having these these covers, people recognize these instantly. And, of course, sure. it allows them to, you know, preview what our event is and just draw some interest. And it really, really worked out. So, if you went on Twitter and hashtag Superblog Team Up or hashtag SBTU, uh, you know the Longbox Graveyard actually has a hub site, and it'll be uh, the link will be in the show notes here. But sure, uh, sure. Uh, there's definitely some uh, some great images to see there. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but uh, you know people seem to like it, so uh, oh, I feel I, I feel that I really really enjoy doing them. So as long as people are not sick of seeing them, I will continue to do so. <laughs> and no, uh, by, by no means I'm a professional. So if you're a uh, if you're a professional photo editor, please don't make fun of me online. <laughs> no, they they all look very very sharp. It's a uh, really uh, just some amazing work. It's a uh, it's I love it when you go through when we're getting close to uh to a team up and uh, all of a sudden like the DM list will just be a bunch of images you're sending. I, I, I love that. That's just well, so I, much I like fun. to uh, I like to get some feedback. So there's one day I maybe open up the vault of someone <laughs> that didn't make the cut. So uh, you got to preview one with the mysterious arm growing out of one of the Green Lanterns. That was <laughs> oh, a, that was a flub. But, uh, <laughs> so one day I will share the uh, the bottom of the basement. It'll maybe I'll uh, give it to Mike for the craft box or there something. You go. But, uh, there's some bad ones out there, folks. Trust me. So so all these years, you know, things are going great with Superblog Team Up until we died and i didn't even know we were sick <laughs> so luckily we didn't charge anybody <laughs> 75 dollars for death of <laughs> superman however i'm still not bitter by the way um but you know what with every good thing uh it comes to an end so you know what uh 2017 i felt blogging uh you know was going through sort of a decline youtube videos and podcasts you know they were they were starting to evolve and becoming the norm so every second person seemed to be on youtube and you know podcasts were all over the place like you said at the beginning of the show everybody had a podcast about everything you know if i had a you know, a, a green lamp in the corner of my room, someone is blogging about it. I mean, For sure. <laughs> it was crazy. So many of our core writers, were, you know, they were taking breaks. You know, life in general was coming up from our core group. So I decided it was a pretty good time to not say goodbye forever, but maybe say goodbye and do it one last time. You know what? And honestly, making that decision, it, it still gets to me. You know, it, uh, it was one of those decisions that didn't come easy. You know, we raised this little baby and all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're 
were having to step away from it. And uh, you know what? The this group, I didn't know if they would be in contact with me. You know, I didn't think the team would stick together and we'd go our separate ways. <clears throat> but luckily, uh, you know what? Everybody did. Um, we did stay together, and uh, we are about to make an announcement here a little bit later about what's going to happen. But uh, we have grown together as a family, and you know what? We uh, we gave a crap about each other. You know, sure. we didn't just support each other, but we hung out. Many of us sure. never ever met in person, but uh, you know what? It's such a good time to go on uh, to go on and see messages from people, and people are sharing their you know their lives basically. And uh, I couldn't be any prouder of, of my team and um, the people who write with us and the contributions that they've done. You know, to me, it's not just, you know, a bunch of blogs. It's a bunch of real people who deliver some of the best work on the Internet. And I will guarantee you that I would stand some of the posts up uh, against any professional's work out there. It is some great stuff. And uh, Superblog Team Up is a passion of mine and uh, will remain so. And um, I'm just excited about uh, what the future brings. I felt like such an idiot during the uh, DMs when when you announced that we were that we were dying. I'm like, okay, so is this a gimmick or, or is this for real? <laughs> and and you were being kind of cagey about it. You, you, you wouldn't come out and say it's it's a done deal or or if it was just a gimmick. So I'm like, oh man, what now? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know. Well, but, you know what? It, 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 it wasn't technically a gimmick. So, like, uh, it, it was definitely marking a break. You know what? It was definitely sure. – we, we were definitely taking some time off. It was uh, – you know, it wasn't like a Ric Flair retirement. You know, we uh, <laughs> weren't going to come back the next week or anything like that. Um, you know, we wanted to step away. We wanted to refresh. Mm-hmm. We wanted to recharge the batteries. We wanted to get uh, new people into the fold. We wanted to, you know, have some discussions, let uh, – let some things settle a little bit and uh, maybe come back a little bit fresher and, you know, reinvigorated sometimes. But we definitely did have our, our death. It did happen. So, you know, death of Superblog team up is out there. Hashtag that thing. And you get to check that out. Really, really, really strong event to to, uh, to cap it off. But come on. Nobody saw a body, right? So, uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, trick, you have friend. to That's see a trick. body <laughs> in order to actually be dead. So how, how dead how dead are we? Ah, I'm glad you asked, sir. Well, you know what? With Superblog team up, of course, you know, there's always rumblings of the old, you know, the old gang getting back together. So in a little teaser, we did sort of, uh, you know what? We took three classic Superblog team uppers uh, who returned to the fold um, and they actually reset the deck. So Mark from Chasing Amazing rejoined the group. Uh, Doug and Karen from uh, Bronze Age Babies came out of retirement for the event. Mm -hmm. And Mark from the IGT blogcast rejoined. Return to basically tease what could possibly be a reunion in 2019. Mm. Could it be? Uh, you know what? This uh, this collection of bloggers could take to their post again, maybe one day. Well, guess what? The answer is yes. We are coming back. Hey, so that's so Superblog team up will return in 2019. You got it. So here now you're going to get the official launch of what we're going to do in 2019. So this is breaking news, folks, breaking news. So, so news Arama, Bleeding Cool, you didn't get this scoop. You're getting it right here on Chris's on Infinite, Infinite Earths. So we are launching a casting call. We're searching for four new blogs to join the ranks of the Superblog team up for 2019. And our newest event is called, drum roll please, Superblog team up Redemption. Hmm, I like it, and... Uh... And actually, I might have a few folks to recommend. Uh, I've got a, a buddy named Dave Schultz who does a, a, a blog call, or he does a, a column called Two Staple Gold. 
uh, that's in kind of a hiatus. So if he wants to bring that back, uh, right, let me know. And uh, also, uh, uh, one of our one of our loyal listeners, Jeremiah, uh, if if you're listening, hit me up. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Ah, I like it. Yes, and uh, I suppose uh, we'll, we'll close out with uh, basically a Superblog team up roll call. Uh, oh. Links to links to all these blogs will be included in the show notes as well as over at uh, weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com. And uh, why don't you why don't you hit us with uh, with some of these uh, these blogs? You want to help me out with this, Chris? I'll start out sure. and you follow with me. All right. Well, so ultimate. first, <laughs> all right. So we'll talk about Longbox Graveyard. Mm, also, between the pages blog. The unspoken decade. In my not so humble opinion. Crapbox, son of Cthulhu. Comics reviews by Walt. Oh, shout out to Walt. Mm-hmm. Vic Sage via the Retroist. The ITG blog. Coffee and Comics blog. DC in the 80s. And don't forget some podcast. I don't know. Maybe you would <laughs> happen to have heard it. It's called Chris on Infinite Earths. Hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the those are basically the uh, the current roster. Uh, Absolutely. So how about shouting out some of the former contributors uh, or the you know the SBTU alumni? <laughs> There you go. It's an extensive uh, list. It is. And these links will also be included uh, on the site. All right. So, of course, Mark from Chasing Amazing. The Bronze Age Babies. Superior Spider Talk. Floto's Page. Silver Age Sensations. The Daily Rios. Fantastiverse. The Mystery Vlog. The Middle Spaces. Idle Head of Diabolo. Aha, I hope I'm, I was glad you had that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know how to pronounce that one. Uh, Marvel Superheroes Podcast. Too Dangerous for a Girl. Legion of Superbloggers. Firestorm Fan. And the Ultraverse Network. Mm, mm. There you have it. And that, folks, the tale of the tape. Yes. Uh, and, you know, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, and sharing the history here. This is this has been a lot of fun here because um, a lot of this was new to me as well, because uh I, I came in, you know, three or four years too late. So uh, <laughs> a lot of the uh, a lot of the earlier trials and tribulations are, are totally new to me. And and it, and it's funny that these this is a passion project. I mean, there's absolutely there, there's no money changing hands here. I mean, this is people doing things for the intrinsic joy of of sharing their passion and uh, that kind of thing. You just uh, for all I know, you see it everywhere, but I don't see it everywhere. You know, it's. It's it's special. It's very special it, it is. to see. Now we have a Patreon coming up. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, don't steal my thunder. <laughs> How about you tell everybody where they can find you online? Ah, it can be found uh, if you check out Google and you hit up the superhero satellite, you'll find me at WordPress. Uh, so it's charltonhero.wordpress.com. You can check out that blog. And as well, I'm at charlton underscore hero. Yep, I'm one of those underscore guys. So <laughs> you may see my uh, my iconic uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter. I don't even know what you call icon, it. Icon, avatar. The, uh, the icon, yes, it's Speedball. And I'm a, a huge Speedball fan. With a pink fan. background. With a pink background. And I had a, a fan who told me that they loved it over and over. You're now blocked, by the way, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story for another day. <laughs> oh, boy. So now, <laughs> welcome to the internet, Chris. That's true. Uh, now, if you wanna, if you wanna get a hold of me here or, or Reggie, you get a send an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Chris and Reggie. If you wanna toss in a few dollars, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Cosmic Tmail. We're on Twitter at Cosmic Tmail. You can find Reggie at Reggie Reggie, and you find me at Ace Comics. 
You can check out the archives over at weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com where you'll be able to find everything that we do, basically. Um, a chronological listing of all the programs, as well as our show notes, our links, our images. This one in particular will be very, very link-heavy. Um, you can uh, check out the site that this show is named after uh, over at chrisisoninfinitearths.com, and I will link to uh, the Justice League issue that we covered in the show notes as well. Uh, definitely keep an eye out for the return of Superblog Team Up. You can also catch up by searching hashtag Superblog Team Up and hashtag SBTU on Twitter, or you can reach out to uh, you can reach over to uh, the Longbox Graveyard Paul's site because he has that list. He's got a very good. I think it's a complete list of every single Superblog Team Up piece. And you can check him out at longboxgraveyard.com slash super hyphen blog hyphen team hyphen up. The link will That's a lot definitely, of hyphens. A lot of hyphens. Don't type those hyphens out. But the <laughs> the link will definitely be in the show notes. Uh, now, if you have a book from the uh, Chris's on Infinite Earth site that you would like to discuss or uh, you'd like to hear me discuss or one that you'd like to discuss with me, drop me a line. We'll see if we can work something out. And I think that's all we got for now. Uh, had a lot of fun visiting with you. Had a lot of fun visiting with Chris Bailey, Charlton Hero. Uh, so uh, that'll do it for us. So long for now. See ya. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>